Love Yours, an experimental podcast. Welcome back to Love Yours. I'm Charlotte Tahira and this is Principle 7 of Charlemagne the God's book, Black Privilege, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Create It. So we're really getting through this book. There's only one more principle after this. Um, And then I guess I'll do a final like conclusion (laughs) of what I've learned through reading this book. Um, Now this principle is called give people the credit. Um, And actually it threw me a bit, the title of it, because I thought it was going to be all about like celebrating people who's helped him along his journey but actually it's him dissecting all the different types of people who you come across in life and how you give them the credit whether that's good or bad credit Uh, one of the early things that he says uh, in this principle is you know Drake's song many friends many friends or something like that (laughs) Um, he thinks it's stupid he thinks the idea of no new friends is stupid and do you know what I used to think that like my oldest friends are always my most loyal friends but actually as I've got older I've had to cut off some of my oldest friends because they're either idiots give them their credit or they're just not the types of people who I really want to associate myself with anymore. And some of my new friends, people like Nikki Logan, who's not even that new. I've known her since 2016. But she's new in terms of there was friends I've known since primary and secondary school. Have helped me more in the four years I've known her than friends who I've known 15 to 18 years a really recent friend is my exec on uh, one of the shows I work on Hannah Marshall who I just feel like outside of the working world we wouldn't really cross paths but she seems to genuinely care and want to support my development and my growth in my career and it's lovely to see that even someone who I've only just started working with her I think it was this year the beginning of this year and she already seems more supportive and encouraging than people I've known for years so I definitely agree about that no new friend it is stupid if you have that mentality you block the chance of meeting the great amazing people who are gonna change the way you think about things suggest new opportunities And just basically overall help you evolve. And a lot of this principle does talk about evolving and why it's so important to evolve as a person. As he's talking about the no new friends, he just basically touches on the fact that really assess your circle and and really make conscious decisions of who should stay in it. Because sometimes people just be there taking up space And they're just baggage. They're not actually serving you or in the same headspace or have the similar mentality that you have. And therefore, can you really be in the same circle anymore? 
or are they in a circle from five, ten years ago? For me, it would be who is still stuck in 2009? That was the year I started university. That was the year that I partied the hardest of my life. Like, when I say I was partying every single day, like, Monday to Sunday, like, I was out socialising, drinking, smoking, like, just living my best uni, first year, freshers life. But does that appeal to me now? No. I mean, if I drink on one night out, I'm done. It takes me about three days to recover from that one night of drinking. And also, it takes about a month for me to want to go out and get turned like that again. So, any of my friends who are now, like, drinking every weekend, every day, like, I can't keep up with you, even if I wanted to. I have a child waking me up at seven in the morning. I can't lay in. I don't have time to waste like being hung over. I always feel guilty when I don't do anything productive for a whole 24 hours and it takes me at least 24 hours to recover. So I definitely have to assess which of my friends are still in that 2009 mentality of let's just turn up, YOLO and all the other slogans that go with it. And Charlemagne was saying more specifically that You need to find friends who evolve your mind, your body and your soul or your spirit in some way. And this is so true because those are the three essential things that you need to look after for your own sanity, for your own happiness. So if they're not challenging you mentally or they're not helping you develop physically or even spiritually, like I have a friend called Wazzy, an older friend, And she's just, oh, I just love hearing her talk. She just, I always leave a conversation from her and just feel like I've grown and learned so much in that short space of time. And those are the types of people I want to be around. I mean, I can't lie. I'm not a gym bunny. So as far as body, there's not going to be much people encouraging me to sort that out. But like, I even have quite a few friends who eat really healthy, like me and a vegetarian or vegan or pescatarian and so they like give me ideas for new recipes and that kind of thing to keep me on a healthy eating track so you just need to really assess what you need to stay happy and positive what are the things that you need for your mind body and soul and who are the people giving that to you and talking of wazzy shout out wazzy brewster um there's another part of this chapter where he's like listen to your elders they're wiser from you you should be learning from other people's mistakes rather than making mistakes yourself now I've got a big up as I said Wazzy and Gavin Douglas like these are two people who consistently in my life since I've known them have been like mentors to me even before mentoring was a thing just giving me little bits of gold, little bits of advice to really help challenge me and develop me and evolve me as a person. I've always actually liked talking to older people from even a young age. Like some of my friends, their mums, I will sit down and have a big old conversation with them. I think it's because I'm just used to wanting to know more and learn more and I was brought up that 
the older you are the wiser you are and so hearing stories from people older than me has always interested me also it gives you a little insight into like what they may have been like when they were younger as well my dad obviously being older than me but he's he's a lot older than me I loved hearing his stories of when he was younger and the adventures he would go on and the trials and tribulations he would face sometimes it was election it was a bit long but sometimes you would just take key little gems out of those stories that you could implement into your life and I think young people who assume old people are boring are stupid because we're all gonna get old it's inevitable you're lucky if you get old some people don't make it that far so appreciate those that are older and wiser So this specific principle has lots of layers in it and he also goes on to talking about staying open to who you work with and this is something that I've definitely had to be considerate of in my journey and in my career because I've been approached by brands that and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode so for example like Lewisham Council I love Lewisham and I will rep it till the day I die but working with Lewisham Council was not exactly on my bucket list but since I have collaborated with them and been open to working with them so many opportunities have come from that initial connection Um, and sometimes opportunities that for me seem really like simple to fulfill as my part of the collaboration but also there's a decent check at the end of it too so I think being open to who you work with is so important especially in my industry because people are really snobby um, and they always look at numbers and status and it's not always about that sometimes it's not even about the check sometimes it's about what is this opportunity going to do to my development what is this opportunity going to help me evolve in And in talking about being open with who you work with, he mentions working with women and how men love to see them as a sexual object before they put any respect on them. Like, even when it's your superior, and I have experienced this so much. I mean, I've talked quite a lot on different platforms about my own sexist experiences I've had in the industry and people assume I'm sleeping with an artist because I've interviewed them and I'm a bit bantery in the interview and even having to manage some men and having to have that fight of listen to me I know better than you or you can't say that to me as a joke that is actually offensive and you can't make comments like that about sex in the workplace I think it's funny because I'm a woman because I guarantee you wouldn't do that if I was a man I love working with women and obviously I don't objectify them when I work with them but I definitely wish more men had that same mentality because ultimately you're just shooting yourself in the foot if you make a woman feel uncomfortable around you working with you chances are she's going to avoid ever working with you again and you never know where that woman's going to end up or who she's going to be and you may block an opportunity so this is a message for my male listeners be open to working with women and don't 
objectify them. We are not just sexual beings. We are so much more than that. I'm sure you wouldn't like it if that's all women talked about when they looked at you. Oh, he's got good arms. Oh, he's got strong legs. What a beard on him instead of he sold this many records or he's very talented in this area or he knows what he's doing. He's really organized and efficient. It's simple things like I can't believe I'm having to say this and sorry I got a bit ranty there but it is annoying. And along with working with women, (laughs) he talks about working with white people, which is really interesting. He talks about working with white men, but I'm generalising it to working with white people. Um, Now, I've had my own dramas working in a predominantly white environment. I'll give you an example. I'm from Lewisham. In Lewisham, a common phrase is, well, maybe not from Lewisham, but common phrase i use is is it is it is it that can be in response to gossip that can be to confirm something that can even be rhetorical like sometimes it's just a passing phrase when i say at the last place i worked at and i won't name drop you because i don't embarrass you is it became a thing like people would come up to me this is white grown members of my team and be like is it (sighs) to the point i had to say to one specific member of staff if you say is it to me one more time because it's not like it was in their natural vocabulary they were directly mocking me it's like when someone comes up to you on a film set and spuds you and calls you bruv but shakes everyone else's hand no 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 honey why are you assuming that you have to talk to me a different type of way because of the color of my skin so i said to this member of staff if you say is it to me one more time I'm going to ignore you for the rest of the week. Now, anyone who knows me knows I am sociable as hell. I'm in the middle of the chat at lunchtime. I'm the one in the meeting who gets everyone excited. I'm just that sociable person who likes to bring people together. So if I'm not talking to you, you're going to feel it. And he did. And after that week, when I came back in on the Monday, let me guarantee you, he never said, is it to me again? Now that's just one example. There's also things like we need your opinion on this because it's a black subject or they think I'm the voice for black British society. Even like annoying things like when I bring my lunch in I often use a recycled ice cream container because my mister eats about two tubs of ice cream a week so those containers are pretty sturdy. I'm not going to go and buy containers when global warming is real, recycling is a positive thing, but when I bring in my container of food and put it in the microwave because it's got an ice cream label, because I can't scratch it off and I'm not going to waste the energy doing it, it's like, oh, what are you having for lunch? Ice cream? Been ice cream in the, been ice cream in the microwave? <laughs> no. And I'm sure my black listeners can relate to this because my grandma even uses ice cream containers. 
and recycles them. But why is it a thing? Why is it a problem? Because I don't go and buy containers and I recycle plastic. Isn't that what we're teaching everyone to do anyways? Like, it's just so frustrating. And I never get it from anyone other than white people. And these are just some of the really tiny struggles that working with white people bring to black people. Charlemagne actually explores some of the bigger issues, like when you have to second guess yourself so you don't come across as the angry black woman or aggressive or you have to check your tone. Like he actually gets quite deep in that part of the principle about how black people have to constantly second guess and filter and reassess what they're about to say before they even say it just to avoid that awkward confrontation that's not necessary because they're black now I definitely I'm not against working with white people at all I have white friends I have white people in my family like it's not that oh I'm racist and I don't want to work with white people it's that white people need to be more aware of how they judge, generalise, stigmatise and stereotype their black colleagues. Gosh, I feel like this episode's very ranty. <laughs> like Charlemagne's rubbing off on me. So another thing that he addresses is about just showing basic respect to everyone at every level. I've always done this. It's one of the first things I was told when I entered the industry. Be as polite to the security guard and the receptionist as you would be to the CEO and the exec. And I am. And I think it's so important. I say hi to the cleaners. Like, why not? They're just all people at the end of the day. They just have a different job title. Say thank you if someone holds the door open. He uses an example of he's sitting in a meeting with Jay-Z and Beyonce walks in and she shakes everyone's hand and introduces herself as hi I'm Beyonce as if they wouldn't know who she is but it's the basic principles of respect you don't assume someone knows who you are you introduce yourself and you say hi and he's like if Beyonce can do it I can do it and if Beyonce can do it everyone can do it and I think that's so important just basic respect for humans like some of the stuff in this principle I'm like do people actually have to be told this who was you raised by and then the final kind of main points that he touches on and he touches on it in every aspect of his life from sex to work to relationships I mean the sex bit gets a bit graphic huh I'm not about to share with you anything that I've learned in my sex life but um the main points he's trying to put across is you need to constantly remain open to good advice from more experienced people no matter what area of your life it's in if they're more experienced than you take their advice and I always say I'm my worst critic and I also love to hear criticisms from others because I'm constantly trying to do better so I'm actually very awkward with compliments and very well at receiving critiques other than from my husband and he will tell you that I don't really like when he critiques me but in a work environment I'm definitely better at it I've got to work on it in my personal space but it's so important 
No one is perfect and no one knows everything. So if someone's more experienced than you and they're giving you some constructive criticism, just take the advice. Even if you don't agree with it, just listen to it. Thanks for that feedback. You could walk off and be like, he don't know what he's talking about. And maybe he doesn't. But also, maybe there's something in what he said that you could apply to yourself to make yourself a better, more rounded individual. So this principle, I feel like Charlemagne was covering a lot. It was a a longer chapter. and There was a lot of detail in there. And there was a lot of subheadings in there as well. But overall, I think this quote to end this episode sums up the message of this specific principle very well. Muhammad Ali once said, the man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. And when I think back to when I was 20, I mean, I'm nowhere near 50, I'm only 30. My view on the world has completely shifted in the last 10, 11 really, years. So I can't imagine someone at 50 thinking the same as they did at 20. But actually, maybe there are people like that and maybe they should be listening to this podcast. So share it with them. Like it, comment. Tell me what you think as well. We're wrapping up now. We're getting to the end of the book and it'd be great to get some feedback on anything that you feel I haven't really gone into enough detail about. You can drop me a DM. You can drop me an email. All my like contact details are on my Instagram bio. Thanks for listening. I will see you on principle eight, the final principle. Gosh, we've got through it so quick. Love Yours, an experimental podcast.